lovely mamas, mamas-to-be, and birth workers, welcome to the Belly Baby Mom Podcast, a safe place where we can connect, share, and inspire. We are your hosts, Shireen Zarug and Leonardo Fornelli. Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode. This is Season 3, Episode 5. So we're here in April already, how time flies. And if you're living in Dubai, you probably have noticed the crazy weather that we've been experiencing in the last week with the sandstorm and the rain. It's actually currently drizzling as I speak. So these are all signs for me that summer is slowly coming. It has been getting very warm in Dubai. And so, yes, definitely not looking forward to our crazy hot summers here, but it's still good because then we can finally go to the beach. So, yay for us. Okay, so today's episode, full of good stuff. First of all, before we delve into today's episode, I did want to thank all of you who have sent us your feedback on our last podcast episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, it was a lovely interview that we've had with BB, one of the moms, one of the lovely moms that we've supported um, over her journey of pregnancy and birth and after birth. And she shared her lovely birth story with us. So if you haven't heard it, please go back to last week's or the last couple of weeks episode um, and have a listen and let us know what you think. Well, um, what else do we have coming up? So. We were celebrating World Doula Week over in March. So March 23rd to March 28th was World Doula Week, celebrating all doulas worldwide. And uh, in celebration, we wanted to do something super, super special for all our pregnant mamas living in the UAE. So if you haven't heard, we actually offered 12 pregnant mamas pro bono doula support services. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, As doulas, I think most doulas around the world tend to offer some pro bono, meaning free doula birth support at some point in their career. It's really nice to give back full-heartedly, no money, you know, involved, um, and really just being there to support the mom, her husband, the family. Um, And it's really, really great that this was a lovely opportunity that we, you know, came across, obviously, with the World Doula Week and thought, why not? Since we have a whole team of birth doulas at Belly Baby Mom, we thought it would be great for all of us to have some pro bono births and to support the lots of lots of moms that we have in Dubai that are pregnant, that may have some fears, that may just need that extra support. And so we uh, are selecting about 12 moms who are expecting and who are due on or before August 31st of this year. So if you have submitted your application, that is great, but because by the time of the release of this podcast episode, the deadline has already passed. So to all of those who have already submitted, uh, I wish you all the luck and I hope you'd be able to receive doula support from one of our team members um, in the hopes that you have that extra support that you may need and obviously for the goal of having that positive birth experience that we all always wish for. 
And moving on, we also have quite a few events, you know, tasters and things like that happening this month. So we also have the baby massage taster coming up on the 6th of April. And that's going to be in the afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. at the Lovely Babies and Beyond. And that is for moms with babies from zero age up to the age of just about to crawl. All right. Uh, so if that's something you want to attend, you can head on to our website as well and um, just register yourself. We also uh, have recently launched a series of workshops. So these are three different workshops. Uh, the first one is called Respected Birth or respected birth choices. The second is all about breastfeeding, so it's a prenatal breastfeeding workshop. And the third is one that I'm really excited about that's called New Mom, New Dad. And that's really about that fourth trimester, how to deal with the craziness of new parenthood, what to expect, and then we also share some tips and tricks of how to survive those months. So um, last week, we've had the respected birth choices. Coming up now this Sunday, Sunday 7th of April, we move on to the breastfeeding workshop. All right, so happy breastfeeding workshop. That's happening. Like I said, on 7th of April, it's in the evenings, which means working moms and working dads, you're more than welcome to attend. We really encourage husbands to attend, actually. Um, and that's going to be at the Pilates Academy studio in Business Bay from 6.30 p.m. all the way till 9.30 p.m. And we also have a special offer going on in the next for the next few days um, where we have the workshop heavily discounted. That's 50% off, basically. So the workshop is 400 germs. If you sign up within the next few days, you will receive it for only 200 germs. And you also receive a free Pilates group class offered to you by Pilates Academy. So super cool offer. I would have definitely go, gone for it if I was pregnant. I wish we had these kind of offers back then, but you can now. So if you're interested, please, the details are on our website as well. Go on there, read all the details and register yourself up, okay? And then we also have our monthly pregnancy circle that is happening on the 8th of April. So inviting all lovely pregnant mamas and sorry, man, this is only a female event um, to come and share experiences, worries, fears, whatever it is that you have going on during your pregnancy. Come on over. It's a lovely circle of supportive women going through what you're going through. Uh, it's a non-judgmental space. It's a free event. So just come on. You do need to register just so we know you're coming um, on our website as well. So again, 8th of April from 7 to 9 p.m. We also have two baby massage courses. So the IAIM uh, course for a baby massage is taught by Eleonora and by Lydia. Um, so we have two different dates to suit your needs. So, and what else do we have? We have also a hypnobirthing taster coming up taught by myself at the end of the month. So if you want de details on those, again, um, go on, register for them on our website. Um, and we hope to be able to meet you and to meet your babies and to meet your husbands and really, really hope that we can support you as much as you deserve to be. Okay, so now onto the podcast. This time I'm really, really excited for today's podcast only because it actually has a very different format. 
So as you know, with our previous podcast, we are usually interviewing either birth professionals or mamas sharing their birth stories. This time, however, Eleanor and I are being interviewed by Karen Wilmot. So uh, this time what we're doing is we are actually just replaying the actual interview that is up on Karen Wilmot's podcast um, and, you know, for you to have a listen to just so you can get to know us a little bit better, what we do, why we do it, our passions and all of that. So a little about Karen Wilmot. So if you haven't heard of her, Karen Wilmot is the virtual midwife. She's a lovely, lovely website and that I suggest you go to and check out all the lovely things that she offers to expectant moms and families. Uh, so Karen is a midwife and an educator and she has over 20 years of experience in the field. She's currently based in South Africa and is working there at a home birth practice. Uh, but like I said, her website is full of valuable insight and education and support um, to families worldwide, right, since it's online. So um, do visit her website, check out all the good stuff and educational programs that she has there. She is also the author of a really nice book called Giving Birth Abroad, The Essential Guide for Expats Expecting. It's really, really lovely to have something that we can connect with that's from the region. Um, this is why we started this podcast, because I remember during pregnancy, I was listening to lots of podcasts. However, they were all based out of the U.S. and the U.K., and I really wish somebody had a pregnancy-focused uh, podcast that was from here or from the region. Uh, so this was my personal inspiration, um, and I really thank Karen for putting together this lovely book. So moms and parents from this region can also relate to things, um, you know, to birth uh, around this region and what to expect, expect, etc. So without further ado, I would leave you to listen to Karen interviewing myself and Eleonora. Uh, the audio is a little bit unclear only because we've actually done it virtually we've done it over skype um so yeah we share all the details of everything about belly baby mom and about us also sharing our birth stories so i really hope you enjoy listening to this episode and as usual if you have any feedback please send it to myself or to karen as well so do Make sure you subscribe onto her podcast as well. It's really lovely, full of different information that's very valuable. And yeah, I really hope you enjoy it. And I look forward to um, e-meeting you on the next podcast episode. Have a lovely day. Bye. Welcome to season two of the Virtual Midwife podcast. I'm your host, the Virtual Midwife, Karen Wilmot. And once again, in season two, I'm going to continue to interview thought leaders and change makers so that I can help you to make informed decisions about your pregnancy, birth and motherhood. Along with the interviews, I'll be sharing lessons I've learned from the labor room, as well as stories from clients that I've worked with and meditations and visualizations to help you to prepare for a positive birth experience. I'm presently working at a home birth practice in Cape Town, South Africa, but I travel frequently to work with couples around the world and I offer courses and resources on my website, thevirtualmidwife.com. I believe in birth and I believe in supported, informed choice and that's what this podcast is all about. 
I also have a lively and vibrant Facebook group called the Virtual Midwife Cafe, where I offer lots of valuable free resources as well as weekly live sessions on topics of interest and that you want to know more about. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Midwife podcast and enjoy today's show. I'm delighted to welcome Shireen and Eleonora to the show today. They are the founders of the very first licensed doula and childbirth agency in the UAE called Belly Baby Mom. They are both birth and postpartum professionals, but they're also mothers and between them they have six children. Along with the vital doula and postpartum services that they're offering, what I really love about Belly Baby Mom is not just the services that they're offering, but the fact that they're raising awareness of the role of a doula and doulas as a profession. So in the first few minutes of the podcast, they'll be explaining how they went about making this happen and why it's important. And then they share with us how they started on their journey as birth and postpartum professionals and share their birth stories with us and how they've learned from them and what they hope to achieve. So this morning I interviewed another lady, a midwife here in South Africa, and we were talking about the importance of having good doula midwife teams and how important it is to have really well-trained, experienced doulas working in the birth world because there's such a radical shortage of midwives. So how did you go about making Belly Baby Mom happen? How long have you been around and what made you start it? Okay, so um, Ellie and I, we both worked um, separately. So she ran her own brand and I did too. Um, but we knew each other, obviously, as we were both working independently as doulas. Um, but through several doula meetings that we used to have with all the doulas in Dubai, we realized that we, we wanted to make a bigger change. We wanted to support more mothers. Uh, we wanted to... Uh, you know, create more awareness on doula support and that it does exist in the UAE, relatively new in this part of the world. And so for us, even setting up the doula company was a bit of a challenge because it never existed. That, that the business um, activity, let's say, when we wanted to license ourselves, did not exist. And so we really had to start from scratch, you know, educating and running around from ministry to ministry Sorry, so just to interrupt, does that mean that you have actually made this a category now? Does it actually exist as a category, a doula? Yes, and we're very proud to have um, made that uh, yeah, achievement. <laughs> um, it has come to our notice as well that actually not many countries in the world, I don't know of any, where a doula profession is actually recognized as a, a, a profession that is legal and that can be licensed for a company. But it did work in our favor that it was relatively new and nobody <laughs> knew what it was. <laughs> but it was a great educational process for, I think, just the government uh, authorities uh, where we really had to kind of identify what the doula profession is. And uh, yeah, and that's where Belly Baby Mom started. We uh, officially launched and uh, the company and yeah, it's a, it's a legal one. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. A, a really great achievement. So I applaud you on that because it was something that I was looking into doing when I lived in Oman and I gave up pretty quickly because of the hurdles that I faced. So I can only imagine what you had to go through to get that. And it's a huge step forward for the care of moms and babies in Dubai and will certainly enable you to grow and expand much better and in a professional way, which is exactly what we're trying to do is to 
for people to see Adrila as a professional and an expert in, in the field. That's true. And as you mentioned, if you wanted to take it that far and create more awareness, we had to step into the hospitals and work hand in hand with the obstetricians, with the midwives, with the whole team that supports a birthing woman. And the only way to do that is to do it professionally, uh, legally, and we also are, were able to obtain uh, insurance. So we have an indemnity insurance as well, uh, which then is the icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, one of the questions that I often get asked by people who are not aware of what doulas do or how doulas assist at a birth is why would they invest in a doula? You know, it's an added expense that they feel is very often an unnecessary expense because why can't the husband be the doula or why can't they bring their mother in or their best friend? So how would you answer that? Well, uh, obviously, it is a question that we we are asked very often as well, and uh, it's amazing how for a, for a lot of cases the woman already has a rough idea of what the the uh, the answer will be, <laughs> but the husband doesn't have any clue, and they are the ones who, after the explanation, ah, okay, now I get it, and yes, I do believe that it is uh, a good investment to be done in order to achieve a positive birth. What we usually say is that the main difference between having a doula or um, the mom or the husband itself is that we are, first of all, birth professionals. So we studied and uh, we have uh, a big knowledge about what can happen and how we can positively support a mom. And we offer a continued support. That, that the main difference that we face here between, for example, doulas and midwives because usually the midwife here just enters the room very few times during the labor and mainly to check the medical conditions of the mom. So the mom doesn't really have all the emotional support that is much needed during the labor process and the birthing process. So, and, and again, I think that one of our main goals is to bring respect into the whole experience and uh, we truly believe that the very first ingredient to have a respectful birth is for the couple to be informed. So we really spend a lot of time during our prenatal uh, visits informing the moms and the dads, spoking their curiosity, making sure that they are aware of what they need to know in order for making informed decisions. And regarding the partners, I think that most of the cases, they feel relieved in having us with them because they feel that they can have a good support system for themselves as well. Because let's face it, especially here, it is a, a country where the vast majority of families are experts. So all the couples, most of the couples are missing their parents, their friends, their peers. So it's very difficult also for the men to, to be aware of what they should be doing during the, the labor itself to support his wife. I think uh, so, you raise a really valid point there is that, and I know it's one that I had when I worked in the Middle East, was that a lot of my clients were expats. So uh, the role of the partner becomes, the you know, he has to take on the role of the mother and the extended family. So there's a lot of pressure on him to be a lot of people that is really impossible. And, you know, let's face it, they're not actually trained to do that. I mean, there is, they know as little or even less than their wives because um, that's not what they do. So why not bring in the professionals? 
Now, another thing is yeah. that most doulas offer packages of services that are bundled together to provide continuity of care. What do your packages include and why do you include those services? So we start with common package, it's called the doula package, and we offer two prenatal private visits at uh, their homes, um, plus the continuous on-call period that starts from week 38 until the baby decides <laughs> to, to, to be born. And obviously this on-call period is a 24-7 period. And uh, from the moment the mom calls us, telling us that she believes she's in um, active labor, we go to her and we stay until the baby is safe and latched if she's planning to breastfeed on her breast or if not, at least is with the mom. So, and then we offer a postnatal visit that usually is either made at the hospital or at home, depending on the mother wishes, in order to go over the birthing experience and again, give her the, the first support regarding breastfeeding and antenatal, uh, sorry, postnatal care. And it really has been proven that doula support changes the perception of a mom's birth and that they generally have a lot more positive birth experience when they have a doula with them to guide them through all of those new steps that really they don't know anything about and in a system that they don't necessarily understand. You know, especially a lot of the, the moms we work with are first-time mothers. And on top of that, they're expats and they don't have their mothers here. So we do kind of serve, uh, we, we fill that gap, you know, where they need somebody to be with them primarily or if it's a woman, it's preferable, <laughs> obviously, but someone who's also a professional who knows about birthing, uh, you know, can, can, can support me emotionally, physically, and all of that. And then obviously then to check up on me after the birth as well. So it does come as, as something that it is much needed. And like you said, it comes with a lot of benefits as well. I mean, it has been proven that, yes, having continuous doula support or continuous labor, labor support can improve um, a lot of the results in terms of birth experience, uh, breastfeeding, induction rates, etc. Mm, definitely. Overall satisfaction of the birth experience, less interventions, shorter labors. I mean, the list is endless. I know that between the two of you, you have six babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming that it was through, <laughs> through your own birth journeys that you realized the importance of support and um, came to know about doulas. So did, did you have doulas with your birth? And can you just highlight maybe the, your birth stories? The most, let's say, memorable or special birth experience of mine was with my last birth. So I have three children. But just to, to, to get there, I just want to quickly run you through my first two experiences, if that's okay. Sure. So, yeah. So my first pregnancy, um, I, you know, I had a relatively normal pregnancy. Um, however, water broke a little bit too early. But, you know, being a first-time mother with no education, with no kind of support, you don't know any better. You kind of start, you rush to the hospital. Um, and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> uh, no contractions, nothing happening, but rush to hospital. And then we have that, that uh, cycle, have, what do we call it, the... Um, that cycle we always talk about where it's an induction epidural ends up in a C-section. So unfortunately, that is, 
Yes, the cascade of interventions. Thank you so much. That's exactly, I mean, today I read about that in books and I realize, wow, oh, that's exactly what happened to me. Um, so that birth did end up in, a, in an unnecessarian, as I like to call it. Um, and uh, that's what happened with the first. Uh, then I get pregnant with my second about two and a half years later. Um, and then with that pregnancy, again, normal pregnancy, but I was told I had a very big baby that was never going to come out of me. <laughs> and if it does, it was going to cause huge damage. <laughs> and obviously, again, lack of education and support. Uh, I believed my doctor and I thought, no, why would any woman want that to happen to herself? And so we planned for that C-section, booked in a date um, and had the baby. And baby obviously was not as big as she predicted. Uh, it was just a 3.5 kg baby, um, but a healthy one, I like to think. <laughs> Uh, going on to my third pregnancy was again three years later. By then I had already researched a lot about birth and um, because I wanted to, I was hoping to achieve a VBAC too, um, which, you know, in this part of the world was something almost unheard of. Um, I mean, let alone just a VBAC, this was trying to have a vaginal birth after two C-sections. Um, so it was quite an interesting journey for me to try to find a doctor that was going to support me and a hospital that was going to support me. But I finally managed to find a, an, an amazing doctor who actually really supported me and stood by me and told me I had a good chance. Um, and through that process, obviously, I was researching and reading a lot and came across the term doula uh, when I looked into a list of things to do uh, to increase your chances for a VBAC. So one of them was get a doula. <laughs> and I have never come across the term before that day. And that's when I was like, okay, so I'm going to get a doula. So I started researching and I actually did manage to find a doula who supported me throughout my, pre throughout my pregnancy and birth. Uh, I also came across hypnobirthing and I thought, Ooh, that sounds hippie, honestly. Um, but, you know, I'm going to give it a try and I'm very thankful that I did. So I did register myself uh, for a hypnobirthing course. Um, and then, you know, interestingly enough, my, my pregnancy lasted uh, well over 42 weeks, <laughs> almost 43 weeks. Um, but I, by then I had really trusted my body. And that was something that I lacked with my first two pregnancies. But I was very adamant that it was going to happen. Um, you know, as nature has it, my body did go into spontaneous labor. And it was the best experience ever, um, primarily because it was the first time that I actually went into labor, <laughs> that I actually you know, experienced normal labor that wasn't uh, induced. Um, it was a beautiful experience. It was a very calm and relaxed labor. Obviously, you know, practicing a lot of the hypnobirthing techniques that I, that I um, had learned in my classes, having my doula there support me through a very long labor, um, 30 hours to be precise, um, my husband, obviously, and my, my amazing doctor. So I had a great support team during labor, which really, for me, made all the difference. Um, again, long story short, unfortunately, <laughs> um, we had a bit of a situation. Even when I was 10 centimeters and pushing the baby, which, you know, that lasted almost three hours or a little bit more, but we noticed that baby's head was <clears throat> stuck in a, in a very interesting position. He had asynclitism and just, uh, and I was swelling up and, and, and we really tried <laughs> um, different birth positions and, and everything. And what really made it all very interesting was uh, while I was pregnant, I actually already started training 
as a doula. And so I really did know a lot, quite a lot about birth already because I had already decided I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a doula. I, you know, just from what, reading about what a doula does sounds really amazing. And I'm really glad I did. Um, so that birth ended up in another C-section. However, it was, again, a very positive experience for me because of all the preparation that I did. <laughs> it's just a different experience. Well, I love that you had a C-section, but it was still an incredibly positive birth experience because I always say to moms that it's not the way the baby's born, whether it's vaginal or C-section, but the way that you experience the events leading up to the birth of your baby, regardless of how the baby comes up. So you had everything that you wanted. And even though C-section wasn't part of that plan, having a healthy baby and having experience of the labor and being part of every decision that was made really made that a positive birth experience. And that had a lot to do with your own information and reading that you'd done. So you were informed, you understood and having the support of your husband and your doula. And that is what made that birth experience so special, so positive, so beautiful. That, that's exactly what it was. That's why, I mean, I preach about this, just exactly what you said. It's not about the kind of a birth that you have, but it's about how you feel about that birth. Mm. And, you know, for me, it was that decision-making. I literally stood, you know, we were there between contractions, you know, deciding <laughs> with my birth team, you know, what do we do? What are the pros and cons of this? You know, shall we do this? Shall we use forceps? Shall we try to do this? It was, I was really part of that decision-making. And in the end, I was the one to say, you know what? From what I know and from what you're saying, and you're saying, you know, I think the best course of action to do here is to go for another C-section. But I did have that big smile on my face while I was going to surgery because I knew, you know what, I did everything. I really did everything. (laughs) It just wasn't meant to be for me, but that's okay because I feel great. uh, Unlike how I did with my first two experiences where I felt things were done to me and I had no say on how anything was going to go. Well, you were definitely positive. You know, they Sorry. didn't, imp- they, you were disempowered in the previous two because they never gave you enough information to make an informed decision. You weren't part of the decision-making process. You were, f- you were um, given scenarios based on fear. You have a very big baby that your baby's not going to be able to manage. You're not going to be able to manage. That's disempowering you as opposed to giving you all the alternatives, all the risks, all the benefits and allowing you to make that decision in conjunction with the doctor and in conjunction with all that information, which is exactly what happened. So that's really beautiful. And I'm so glad to hear that. And it's interesting how, as you say, all three of those births are connected because they led you to that and ultimately led you on your path to becoming a doula and empowering other women. It's, it's crazy when you think about it because, I mean, typically I hear of women who become doulas are because of this amazing, you know, vaginal, natural birth that they've had. I mean, and it's crazy for me to think that, you know what, I actually got inspired by my C-section birth to become a doula and a hypnobirthing teacher now because these are the two things that really helped me and inspired me. And so for me, that is why it's really, really important for a mom to really feel good about her birth experience, no matter what kind of a birth that she had. Absolutely. And how about you, Ellie? I mean, um, what is your path to becoming a doula? And tell me a little bit more about your birth experiences. Okay, so I also have three children. 
the the first one was a c-section because she was a breech baby <laughs> and back then i was 24 years old and i had no clue about which question i should have asked to my doctor <laughs> so i just followed the the normal routine path of going to the doctor as expected and do whatever she was telling me to do Mm, although it's true that I tried the moxa to try to turn the baby, but it didn't work out. And now with the knowledge that I have, I, I honestly think that it didn't work out because I didn't know what I should have done after the, the moxa itself. You know, the spinning baby positions, the tilting positions and so on. So it was a C-section and uh, luckily what I really knew is that I wanted to breastfeed. So I started latching the baby as right after I... I exited the, the surgery room and uh, I breastfeed successfully. Uh, but I clearly remember that when I was having the surgery, I asked to the doctor, sorry, but um, when I, when, how long should I wait to have um, a vaginal birth after this section? And he said, nine months. Oh, okay then. So <laughs> I already had in my mind that if I would have had a second baby and um, the presentation would have been better. I would definitely go for a for a VBAC. And uh, I was in Italy back then, and uh, I had to do my researches because um, in Italy it's a it's a governmental system, it's a welfare system. So it means that uh, usually you have your gynecologist that will see you during the uh, during the pregnancy, but then you can find whomever during the, the birthing experience. And uh, luckily in Milan, where I used to live, we have a lot of midwife-led maternity wards. So, and it was interesting to discover that not all of the hospitals were offering the VBAC option. So to make it short, I, I found the right hospital for me. So as soon as broke my waters, I saw that they were tinted. So we rushed to the hospital. And after four hours, my baby was born. And it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. It was totally natural. It was really empowering. So definitely, I, I experienced what I was looking for. Although it wasn't perfect, but I discovered it later on when <laughs> I started studying <laughs> for becoming a doula. Uh, but that experience was so life-changing that I really realized that women aren't really aware of the options that we have. And uh, for most of us, we are not educated. So nobody tells us, you know, what, what we should be aware of. Nobody tells us, um, nobody pokes our curiosity, I believe. So for most of us, we just follow the guidelines that we've been told by eventually doctors, and that's it, you know. And uh, through that curiosity, I really started feeling something deep in, deep in myself, saying, you have to do something. You have to get trained. You have to study. Uh, to be very honest with you, back then, I had no clue about the doula profession. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> uh, but uh, I opened a place called the Moms Club in Milan because I really wanted to create a network uh, support system for the moms during the maternity leave that in Italy lasts for six months. So I thought that that was a good option for moms at least to start being educated and informed. And during that process, I discovered myself what a doula is. And obviously, I fell in love 
for the profession and I finally understood what my path was meant to be. And uh, with the third uh, pregnancy was totally different. I had gestational diabetes, so I was labeled as high risk. They really wanted to, to do me a C-section, but I definitely didn't want to. So thanks to the support to my midwife, because I hired a midwife instead of a doula, because back then there were no doulas in, in Italy, um, we managed to have a natural birth, a vaginal birth, I should say, although it was very medicalized. So I believe that the three experiences that I had really made me feel the differences of having a C-section, a total natural birth, and the difference between a natural birth and a vaginal medicalized birth. And uh, my third baby ended up in the NICU as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, I, I have a vast array of experiences, uh, personal experiences. But honestly speaking, I would love to have a fourth baby because I truly believe in the power of women. And I, I truly believe that we are meant to have positive experiences and empowering birthing experiences. Yeah, well, I look forward to hearing about your next pregnancy and your next birth. But I think uh, the part that <laughs> is really highlighted with both of your stories is how absolutely unique each of your pregnancies was, you know, that you've had two people with six completely different pregnancies, six completely different births. And it's something that I really try and impart to my clients is how every single pregnancy and every single birth is completely unique. And that's why it's so important to have quality care and professionals and experts to really guide and inform you every step of the way so that they can take into account every aspect of you, your uniqueness and help you to have the best birth based on what's available, what you want, because everybody wants different things. I'm going to ask each of you separately if you could describe your birth in one word, what that word would be. Now, I'm not sure which birth you're going to take, or maybe it'll be a combination of all three. But if you could just use one word to describe your birth or all three. Okay. I think for my third birth, I think that word will definitely, definitely be healing. Wow. Okay. That's really beautiful. So it was a healing experience for you, just being able to have that and feeling how different it was to, to be part of all the decision-making. True. I think I, I was looking for that closure from my first two experiences and I only got that after my third which interestingly enough also was a c-section but it was very healing because it just gave me that closure uh, because I finally understood what I had experienced and what a difference you know having that support can can mean uh, to lead you to having that positive birth experience. And you Ellie? I believe that with my first VBAC I, I really felt empowered. Really great. I mean, that's such a big word, isn't it? And we use it so much and sometimes I think it loses its significance. But if you think about it in the context of birth, it really is a very, very powerful, powerful word. Yeah, and I honestly believe that it should always work hand in hand with the birthing experience because giving life is, it should be the most empowering experience for all of us. Absolutely. It's a miracle. Yeah, sure. 
And Shireen, you mentioned that you had used hypnobirthing with your third pregnancy, which is essentially harnessing the power of your mind and making sure that what you put into it is used in a way that is going to positively impact and affect your birth experience. So what was the most important part? I mean, to anybody listening who doesn't know anything about hypnobirthing or have never heard of it, how would you describe it and how do you put it into practice in your pregnancy and birth? So hypnobirthing, like you said, uses a lot of the mind, right? And, and, you know, it goes on to the subconscious mind and especially if there's any fears, lingering fears in your subconscious. So it's a really good practice to, to use to be able to get rid of any fears that you know or might not know exist about childbirth and by using positive images, positive visualization, uh, even, you know, in terms of po- watching positive birth videos, etc., as we do in the classes now that I teach. Uh, but for me, uh, hypnobirthing actually is much more than that. I think the essence or the beauty of hypnobirthing, and at least for me, was more about giving me that confidence. And I think hypnobirthing can mean something different for every woman, depending on her experience. Because I only used hypnobirthing with my third pregnancy, which in itself was actually strange because I was the only third, <laughs> third time parent in that group because ever, apparently everybody who does hypnobirthing is always that, is, is, is with that first pregnancy. Um, but for me specifically, I use it because I wanted that confidence. I wanted that peace of mind that you know, things are possible. My body is not broken. I can do it. Um, and that's what it did for me. Obviously, learning all the beautiful techniques as well, the breathing techniques, um, visualization, just listening to a lot of affirmations. These are all lovely tools that I have learned from hypnobirthing that I still use today, actually. Um, so for me, it wasn't just for the birth, but even as life tools. We, you know, I use a lot of the skills learned from then. And you know, a 30-hour labor was my experience. I don't think I could have gone through 30 hours of labor if I hadn't used my hypnobirthing, you know, techniques because that's what kept me calm and relaxed and just focusing on the breathing and, you know, the positive visualization and things like that. Uh, and because it truly worked for me and I think it had played a, a very big role on my, you know, on, on why I felt my birth was a positive experience, just wanted to kind of spread that message across to other women that, you know, even though whatever kind of a birth you end up having, just using some of those tools can really help you even have a beautiful labor, you know, a labor that you can actually enjoy. And, you know, then maybe that would be the highlight of your birth experience if it ends otherwise. So for many reasons, that's really what inspired me to go on right after the birth, to train in hypnobirthing um, and start teaching and, you know, hoping for more confident women, confident births, happy births and and, and happy moms and babies. One of the things that I was always um, mindful of when I was teaching hypnobirthing techniques was would those women be honored in the labor room or the hospital that they chose to birth in, especially in the Middle East where it is very procedure-based and policy-based, and making sure that we give them the right expectations. Have you found that to be a challenge in your client base as well? 
Yeah, actually, that's that's quite interesting. I mean, I remember when I first started teaching hypnobirthing, I actually went and met with a few obstetricians just to kind of get a feel of what they know of hypnobirthing and how they would support a, you know, a hypnobirthing mother. And I did come across a couple who, you know, their views were quite interesting because they said, they told me that, you know, I don't get this whole hypnobirthing thing where you just giving all these women all these crazy expectations when it comes to the reality of birth. You know none of this stuff is going to happen and it's going to be a crazy experience and she's going to feel so much pain and she's going to... And they just went on and on and on about it. And I, you know, politely would have to tell them, well, I'm not sure what hypnobirthing program you're talking about because you know what? There are actually very different hypnobirthing programs that are being taught, at least in, in Dubai. And I do know firsthand that, that there are a couple that actually promise women certain things. Um, and this is why what I teach specifically, and whether it's actually in the program that I teach or not, but based on my personal experience, I always make sure that in my classes, I don't give women high expectations. I do not promise them a natural vaginal birth. Um, it's more about empowering you to make the decisions that you feel are right for you and your baby. Um, if you want to go ahead and get an epidural or, you know, be induced, that's great. As long as you know the pros and cons and the effects that that can have on you and your baby. Uh, it's really about not having things done to you without your consent. And, and so these are the things I like to focus on in hypnobirthing. So women are empowered um, for their choices. Um, and because I knew when I didn't have that chance to make my own decisions, that is exactly what lingered on with me. Why didn't I ask that question? Why didn't I have a say? Why, you know, why didn't I do this and that? And that could have changed my birthing experiences. So learning from my mistakes, I felt just if somebody had just told me, you know what, you can make a lot of your own decisions, um, that could have changed how I had felt after my first two experiences. So definitely, I think there needs to be some change as well, um, a, a, a more awareness to doctors to understand how we see hypnobirthing and we're really not promising women a certain kind of a birth. I think that needs to be worked on. And, but a big part of it plays uh, really on us uh, the education that we provide the women regarding hypnobirthing as well. So they don't go with crazy expectations that, that makes it difficult for everybody in the team, really in the hospital setting. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, but giving them realistic expectations and being able to work with the hospital staff and the policies and procedures rather than against them. But there's also a bit of work that needs to be done with those obstetricians whose expectations of birth is also a bit unrealistic because they also have the belief that birth is painful. And, you know, they say the realities of birth. Well, the realities of birth is that it can be empowering and beautiful. And sometimes when there is a birth like that, they think, oh, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's a one-source. off. It doesn't have to be a one in a million. And the more they see, the more they, they are prompted to start possibly changing their practices and giving more power back to the woman. And I think that's what's starting to happen. And that's why we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, honestly, the, the most beautiful thing is at least, I mean, we've experienced already a couple of doctors who have witnessed beautiful hypnobirths and have already changed their mentality of birth. 
and you know come to us and say oh how how did that happen i mean she was so comfortable and you know i'm a believer now (laughs) of hypnobirthing it really works and this is exactly what we want because it can possibly happen it definitely can it's just your role is to uh, you know give that space to women to let them do what they need to do for their for their births support them with that and you'll see it happen I completely agree with that. And that's exactly what we're going to keep doing. And Ellie, did you have any experience with hypnobirthing or any mind techniques or anything that made a big difference in your birthing experiences? Really in the sense that I didn't do any hypnobirthing classes when I was pregnant. But I remember that I used to do very long walks on the seaside, sorry, during my second pregnancy and um, and the beach was full of pebbles and I used to collect the glass pebbles that were quite uh, rare to be found in during the during my walks and uh, I kept one that I kept touching during the whole labor and like trying to focus on the sensations that I was feeling during my long walks and the thoughts that I used to have towards my baby during those walks. So in a certain way, I think that I was really (laughs) using some of the techniques that I taught during the hypnobirthing classes without knowing about it. (laughs) And it was really, really helpful. And I remember one of the midwives was like, do you have a magical tool? What is it for? No, it's just a small piece of glass that I found on the... (laughs) On the, on the beach, but it just reminds me, helps me, touching it helps me remind me about how I was feeling back then. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, was really nice. I think what I love about that story is that it's um, something that you did instinctively. And so many tools and tips that I teach, I've learned from women who've done things instinctively and I've spoken to them afterwards. So we all have these tools within us. But when we're given the space to use them, then they come out and how incredibly powerful they are because they come from within and it is instinctive. So it's all about just giving them that space and the place and the respect to be able to use those tools. So Ellie, who's your inspiration and why? My daughters, because they are they are they are our future, and I really want them to experience respected birth. Fantastic, and Shireen. Uh, mine is very similar would have to be Ilyas, who's my third child, <laughs> uh, because he was the reason I became a doula in hypnobirthing and now started Belly Baby Mom. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received, Ellie? Listen to yourself. Shireen? Trust in, your, trust in yourself. Trust in your body. Great, especially when it comes to birth, certainly. So what accomplishments are you most proud of? My family. Okay, and you? Uh, I would honestly say belly baby mom. Um, You know, it has been a dream for for some time. And to see it just here, and especially after the change that we've made and getting the doula thing established, I would definitely say belly baby mom. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can be very, very proud of that. You've done amazing things. And I know, like I say, how difficult that must have been. So well done. Work with clients and in your training to become a doula, you watched a couple of birth movies. Which one would you say is the best one that you've ever watched or one that you 
encourage your clients to watch? My favorite one is the Aina Megaskin and the Far Midwives. Because right. I really believe that brings physiology, physiology back to birth. <laughs> you know that her C-section rate is 2% currently on the farm. Which yes, is, and I do teach that in my classes. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I heard about one of the hospitals here in Cape Town, South Africa recently, and their C-section rate is 78%. Oh, hmm. so we know out. what's possible. <laughs> we know what's happening. <laughs> what about books? Any particular book that you recommend or that you love about birth? Well, I think one of the first books in childbirth, and I'm sure every birth professional had read, it must be Anime's Guide to Childbirth. So for me, that's a favorite. It will always be a favorite. I just love it. And I do tend to recommend it a lot to, to the moms that I work with. Suppose if I had to ask you who your biggest birth influence is, it's probably Anna Mae Gaskin then, or anybody else? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, Anna Mae Gaskin, but also I would have to say Barbara Harper yes. as well. Barbara has grew to become a very close friend of ours as well, especially she's been coming to Dubai quite often uh, with her water birth education um, in a lot of the hospitals in Dubai. And we've just been with her actually over the weekend, (laughs) this last weekend, uh, in Dubai and a few months ago as well. She's a lovely person. And I think to me, she's a great inspiration as well. What about songs? Is there any particular song (laughs) that you like listening to, or perhaps one that you had in your own birth or one that you play when you go to a birth? Well, yeah, it's interesting. You asked that question when I, um, had my third, uh, the first song, and I love singing, by the way, <laughs> so I do sing. <laughs> I used to professionally sing, but uh, so one, the one song that always, that instinctively just came to my mind once I saw my baby was by Stevie Wonder, Isn't She Lovely? <laughs> so, uh, but it was, isn't he lovely in this case? He's a boy. <laughs> um, but I, I love the words of that song. It really means a lot to me until today, every time I hear it. And he's three and a half now. <laughs> and, <laughs> In my case, since I grew up in Brazil, I'm really connected with Brazilian songs. And there is a beautiful song called Amor, I Love You by Marisa Monte. And it's a very, very swift ballet. And it really represents the feeling that I was feeling for my daughter when she she was in my womb. And then just to end off, um, I'd love to hear from both of you your favorite birth quotes. To me is you have to move the mom in order to move the baby. <laughs> I like it. From, <laughs> from Barbara Harper. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, again, very personal to me. It's from another Barbara. It's from Barbara Katz Rothman. Um, and it says, birth is not only about making babies. It's about making strong, competent capable mothers who trust themselves and believe in their inner strength. They're both beautiful. I love, I love birth quotes. I think they keep us going. So I thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you you for listening to this episode of the virtual midwife podcast. The show is available on audio boom, iTunes, Google play radio public and tune in. If you've enjoyed it, please share it and leave me a review. I love to hear your feedback and I'm always looking for inspirational and uplifting stories to share. Make sure you sign up on my website and social media channels and let's share the love. 
Thanks for listening. This is Karen Wilmot, the Virtual Midwife, signing off until next time.